The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. A man in the crowd said to Jesus, Master, tell my brother to give me a share of our inheritance. My friend, he replied, who appointed me your judge or the arbitrator of your claims? Then he said to them, Watch and be on your guard against avarice of any kind. For a man's life is not made secure by what he owns, even when he has more than he needs. Then he told them a parable. It was once a rich man who, having had a good harvest from his land, thought to himself, What am I to do? I have not enough room to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will pull down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods in them. And I will say to my soul, my soul, you have plenty of good things laid by for many years to come. Take things easy, eat, drink, have a good time. But God said to him, fool, this very night, the demand will be made for your soul, and this hoard of yours, who's, who will take it then? So it is when a man stores up treasure for himself, in place of making himself rich in the sight of God. The Gospel of the Lord. So to, to steward them badly is kind of horrendously vain. 
adequate area for goodness, but it seems to lack a kind of soul. We might say also that vanity is something that is stunted in its growth. That is to say, it somehow hits a wall and it can't go any further. It becomes vain. You know, pushing against that wall is now futile, meaningless. Lastly, let's say that vanity, as, as we already said, is something that looks good on the exterior, but internally it, it seems to have already fallen apart. Those boys think of a car, and the car is broken down, okay? The engine is wrecked, the seats are ripped up, there's moths and stuff eating it, but we want to make it look good, so we paint the outside and make it look nice and sparkly. Does that sound good or silly? It's silly, because the car doesn't work. The car doesn't work, it's vanity, right? It's an outward appearance. Well, maybe this is a word that you are familiar with here once. Greed. Do you know what greed is? What's greedy behavior look like? Yeah. 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 Like, it's all about you. It's all about me and what I want. You know, I found it interesting when we talk about sins and virtues, you know, we don't talk about this much, we talk about them just like. Um, when we talk about sins and virtues, we often think of pride as the cardinal sin. Uh, the whole downfall starts with pride. We think too much of ourselves or whatever. But interestingly here, Jesus is not cautioning people about pride. He says, beware of avarice of any kind. Beware of being primarily occupied with your hungers, your appetites, your interests, your pleasures. Because it, it tends to, I don't know, it sort of implodes on itself. It becomes a smaller and smaller universe in which um, life can't thrive. I want us to remember this, um, if, if we can. It seems evident to me that life is gift. Everything in life is gift. I mean, the scriptures tell us this. What do we have that we weren't given? It's, it's somehow been passed on to us, whether it's our genetics, or our wealth, or our gifts, you know, different attitudes we have, um, the situation we happen to be placed in. Everything in life is gift, isn't it? Everything in life is gift. Now this is wonderful because, one, it means we're not entitled to the things we get. But it does mean we can rejoice when we receive, because we receive things every day. In fact, we receive the day itself, a new day to be alive. But I'd like to suggest and this is really why we gather here. If I can ask you to commit this to memory, Christianity, by the way, is little more than a humble exchange of gifts. I'll say that again, and if I, if I can encourage you, I really want you to seal that on your memory. Christianity is a humble exchange of gifts. That's it. That's what we're doing. Think of the, the story of creation. You know, God says, let there be light and born. Creation starts to gush forth on the earth. And, and what's on the earth? Plants and birdsong and cascading waters and all of it. And really, by being at the word is, it's already praising its maker. You know, when you see a tree, a tree thriving outside, it's fulfilling its purpose. It's, it's all of its wonder is on display. It's praising its God. Now, what do we do with the earth? Because we do all sorts of things with it. We, we till and we make it fruitful and then we take the fruit and we try and um, firstly multiply it, but then use it in the world. Think of the marketplace, you know. Uh, everything that we can manipulate in a good way, we bring.
ready to receive the increase. Now, when we come to the mass, that's a kind of microcosm of this interplay of gifts. Because we come here, not by our own impulse, but really we call, all of us, we're called here by God. What do we bring? Well, I don't know. Whatever we have, we bring it to offer. Um, and in our minds and our hearts, we bring it here. In a moment, you're going to see people bring up cultural gifts. And it's bread and wine. These are powerful symbols, because where do we get them? You can't pluck bread off a tree. You can't just pluck wine off a tree. Yes, it comes from the earth. Fruit of the earth, work of human hands. We have to engage with it and transform it by our effort. And we bring that. We receive the gift, we do something with it, we give it back. God takes it, does something with it, gives it back. It comes to us as the sacrament, which is the fullness of God's presence here in this world. It's really so astonishing that it's, it's hard to believe that this is how Catholic faith. On that altar, God is physically, tangibly, materially present. And we receive it as a gift. How does earn that? That God desires to give it to us because He loves us. And then we receive it and we do something with it out there. You know what I'm saying? It's this constant tennis match of gifts. Who can outdo the other in generosity? We don't have much of a chance out there in God, but still we're here trying to even the game. So if I can invite us, um, when we think of vanity, I was thinking, has anyone ever drawn a picture um, for their parents? Hands up. Anyone drawn a nice picture for their parents? I was thinking to myself, you know, we busy ourselves with all sorts of things. Well done, girls and boys. We busy ourselves with all sorts of things. Um, but think of this, you know, imagine if I was a child and I really loved drawing my crayons, right? And I do it all the time, day, night, whenever, even while I'm meant to be eating, like I'm busy with my crayons. And I'm constantly asking mum, you know, I want that set, I want more colours, I want the, the neon ones, I want whatever. I want bigger pieces of paper. You think to yourself after a moment, man, this is getting quite vain. What, what exactly is this leading towards? But now imagine this. If the child says, I'm drawing this, and I'm spending a long time on it, because I want to give it to Dad. I want to give it to Mum. Suddenly it's not vanity anymore, is it? Because it's become a gift. It's become somehow miraculous. I want to invite us all into this dynamic of gift. It's where life is to be found. And if we don't find ourselves in that current, we might find that life itself 